In 2021, Talk About It Outdoors partnered with an industry-leading brand that has stamped its name on the outdoor industry. Cruiser Saddles in itself stands on perfection, and with every climb we make, we elevate ourselves above the rest. In addition to a support to our hunting journey, the men and women behind Cruiser believe in the same principles of life as us. Faith, family, and the blessings of being better as they go in every sit. If your desire to pursue your passions one step ahead of the rest, go ahead and get in the best. Check them out on all the socials or head over to their website at www.cruiser.com. That's C-R-U-Z-R.com. And tell them to talk about it outdoors, boys, and Chasing Weekends sent you their way. The journey of life has a unique way of being able to create tried and true friendships as we go. In forming those relationships, oftentimes good things come to follow. Talk About It Outdoors is proudly supported by Cal Hardy of Arrowhead Land Company. Cal is the leading broker over Georgia and is happy to assist you with finding the place where you can call home. With vast knowledge and an understanding of the ever-evolving real estate market and a unique old-school approach to everything he does, he exemplifies what it means to treat others like you'd want to be treated. Don't settle for being just another number in a phone. Choose Cal Hardy for all your land, home, and commercial real estate needs and become a part of his family. We sure are blessed to have him as a part of ours. Find him on Facebook, Instagram, or give him a call at 770-296-2163. Step back to the times when a feed store was more than just that, and the people inside smiled with friendly faces and provided a place for a talk on life, as well as all your essential farm, livestock, and pet needs. Cherokee Feed and Seed located in Ball Ground, Georgia, with an additional location in Gainesville, are the hometown supplier of all your cattle, equine, and pet needs, with the added addition of being able to keep your deer herd healthy with protein and minerals. They also carry an assortment of hunting blinds and gear, and you can rest easy knowing the people that support local ball clubs and children's sports are who your hard-earned money is going to. The people here greet you with a handshake and a smile, and Cherokee Feed and Seed give more than just a product. They give you a welcome that'll make you return time and time again. Stop in next time you're in the area and tell them you're part of the Talk About It Outdoors family. A few years back, when an overbearing and overgrown backyard became an eyesore, I looked for a solution to resolve. LRS Land Services created a stunning and complete transformation turnkey at an affordable price with their mulching services. Not limited to mulching, LRS can provide turnkey grading and clearing, maintenance, right-of-way clearing, and even development for any and all forestry needs. With an innovative outlook on what is best for your land and a completely different approach than others, LRS can transform your overgrown eyesore into a beautiful landscape of your dreams. Give them a call at 404-889-1105 or check their work out on Facebook at LRS Land Services. Logan and his team are ready to make your land brand new again. Building the foundation of your life starts at the base, and the stronger it is, the better. Talk About It Outdoors is proud of our strong partnership with United Concrete and Paving and the foundation of support they provide. Whether your new home being built needs concrete work or that driveway you're tired of beating all the bearings from your pickup needs a paving, Michael and his team can provide any residential or commercial project support you might need from the ground up. If you're tired of tripping over that unsettled patio slab or a future shop build needs a smooth start, United Concrete and Paving can get you going when you need it most. Give them a call at 404-831-3036 and make sure you tell them them TAI boys are where you heard it first. (laughs) 
All right, everybody, talk about it outdoors live in the Wilson studio. Once again, Nick, Cody, Alex, Tyler, and Caleb are ready to kick it up, get us on an airboat, go back down to L.A., ask Louisiana, and do a little talking about it. One of the members on the outside looking in of the Between the Times podcast is joining us, and I promise you, her nomenclature now is the queen of spring, and we hope that she can bring the fire. Y'all pull up a chair and set a while. Nicholas turkey season is well underway and firing on all cylinders for everyone and talk about it nation and I can tell you one thing the lady we've got with us tonight is sure enough going to bring the fire because she's been putting a hammer on some turkeys if she lived in Georgia she'd be tagged out yeah she Done. would well I and you know I think the exciting thing is these were her first turkeys these were uh some of her first outdoor experiences and she's changed her name on Instagram to the queen of spring and well, she changed her name on Instagram, the Queen of, King of, Queen of Spring. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. It is. And so, you know, without further ado, we've talked to the Between the Times guys, Dustin and Rick, for a while. We met them in Alabama. You and I developed a friendship with them that's extended to you and Cody meeting them in person at the NWTF. Cody, Nick, the Between the Times guys up there, it was a load of fun. And I promise you tonight it's going to be a good time already. So without further ado, she goes by the nickname of Cucka she got from her grandpa. And she may be the queen of spring on Instagram, but we're going to make her the queen of podcasting tonight. We're going to do one better than we did with Between the Times, guys. So without further ado, Erica Bayhan, Iti Tashka Taxidermy, the other side of it. <laughs> Welcome to Talk About It Outdoors. Oh, thank you guys for having me. I'm stoked to be on here tonight. You better be, because I've been telling Rick for the last week, week and a half, you, you we want you to be the quintessential queen that we know you can be. Oh, well, let's talk about it then. <laughs> Have you done another podcast before, Erica? I've been on the Between the Times podcast as a co-host a few times, but um, this is my first like real interview on a podcast. Oh, nice. How'd you get a ed- uh, word in edgewise with Dustin on there? <laughs> oh, man, I cut my eyes across the room at him sometimes. <laughs> well, I just wait for him to, to uh, go get a drink or something. <laughs> well, for anyone that doesn't know, um, Erica's husband, Rick, runs a taxidermy shop in Louisiana. It's called Iti Toshka Taxidermy. Does amazing work. Uh, and Dustin is his co-host partner in crime on the Between the Times podcast, and they both have a a very deep and driving passion for hunting, and more especially Rick in his turkey hunting. And I think the biggest thing for the future is going to be seeing you get involved in turkey hunting, Erica, and we are so excited to see that. So, Yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm just starting off, and it's been an amazing ride so far. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, because people out there, they don't know you. They've never heard you before. Why don't you, are you from Louisiana originally, and tell us where you got your start in the outdoors. Well, um, born and raised in South Louisiana. I have six kids, and like y'all said, I've been married to Ricky. We've been together for 11 years now. Um, my full-time job is at a, for, um, a nurse at a local hospital. I'm a charge nurse there. I help Ricky run the taxidermy shop in the downtime that I have when I'm not working. And then hopefully this fall we'll be launching another outdoor media company. So I'm really excited about that and what that adventure will bring for us. Whoa, there's some your breaks. There's some exciting news. Yeah, I can't divulge too much in that second adventure, but it's coming and it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. Well, we can't wait to see what you do with that. Now, yeah. Six children. Six kids, yeah. Did you ever think that, you'd have time enough to get into the outdoors with six kids? No, no. You know, for a long time, I, I didn't make the time to get in the outdoors. But, you know, such is life. But six kids keeps you running all the time. Did you grow up um, hunting with anybody in your family, your dad or your grandpa or uncles or anybody? No, so I... I'll go ahead and give you my hunting story. 
I didn't grow up hunting with any of the men in my family. You know, they would occasionally go and, you know, I was around it per se, but I never went with them. And then when Ricky and I got married, he always encouraged me to go be in the woods with him. And, you know, I'd halfway go, I'd go to the deer stand, I'd read a book or play on my phone. I really wasn't like that into it, you know. Um, up until about two years ago, that's when I really got captivated by hunting. So at that time, I was in the ER as a nurse, as a trauma nurse, and I had just walked through the first wave of COVID that came through. And I had been in the ER for about six years. I was extremely burnt out. I was stressed out. I was tired, you know, having to walk through all that. And just being surrounded by death constantly is just very wearing. You know, not death like a lot of people see. It was death like gunshot wounds to 16-year-olds and pregnant women who died in a car accident and two-year-olds that drowned. It was just very frustrating, even though I felt like, I was in that place for a reason. So um, I had this patient. He was an elderly man. He was dying of COVID. And at that time in the hospital, there was no visitors. So it was just the staff and the patient. So he was lucid enough at one point to ask me to read some passages of scripture to him. So I sat there within a foot of this man reading Bible scriptures and just praying with him, holding his hand, and trying to be the best that I could be for this man that was dying literally before my eyes. That experience rocked my world. It turned me inside out. And the feeling that my presence was the last thing on earth that this man was going to experience was just, like, mind-boggling. And I, I sat down and I asked myself questions like, you know, his wife wasn't there, his kids weren't there. Why am I worthy enough to sit here with this man so I took that experience and I started on this self-inflicted journey to figure out a lot of questions I had about myself and to figure out what I wanted my life to look like I wanted to be the artist that painted this picture but what picture did I really want and it took me a while to get to the root of some things that was going on in my life the frustration and that led to me ultimately discovering that I was allowing things to control me that shouldn't, you know, um, some things that were controlling me were, you know, just negativity and bitterness and all these things that kept me shackled in, in my own little safe bubble. But I took that journey and I removed some of those things, you know, I, I removed all that condemnation from past mistakes and that brought freedom. And with that freedom, it led me from a dark place, and I grew to what I wanted to be. And I turned myself from a person that can't to a person that can. You know, I can be the mom of six kids and I can be great at that. And I can excel in my career. I can be a great nurse and I can be fierce and I can be the lover that my husband needs me to be. And I can live wildly outdoors. And that's fine. That's who I want to be, you know. So taking that, I took that and I put it in action towards the woods. I stopped being nonchalant about my time and being intentional and being passionate and intense about the things that I did. So that started with a deer hunt a few, probably two years ago. I hunted for 20 days straight and I finally killed a deer. I was relentless enough to finally make it happen. So that happened and then fast forward to the turkey season. It was just an unforgettable hunt we had in Missouri, and that's when the hook was set in me to really become a crazy wild maniac hunting after the turkeys, you know? Wow. So, you bring in the fire already, Erica. <laughs> yes. And that's that's exactly the passion that we would hope you would bring to the table, and that is yeah. that is awesome to hear. Yeah, it's just, it was a, it was a change in mentality for me to live every aspect of my life with intensity and passion and purpose and to allow myself to let go of those things that moms feel, you know, all this responsibility for, you know, certain things and to let go of that and go, you know, live outdoors and make memories with my kids in those ways too. So that's what changed for me and that's where, why I started hunting and how I got so crazy about it. How is it being a wife, uh, a wife to a hunter that? Bef I'm trying to figure out how I want to ask this. You didn't hunt a couple years ago, but you were a wife to a hunter. How right. was how was that before you started hunting? Was it different for you in the relationship you guys had? 
Yeah, there's a lot more of a connection we have now. You know, we can share those outdoor experiences together. You know, all the emotional roller coaster that you go through in the turkey woods. He would tell me about it before, and I would just be like, yeah, okay, whatever you say, you know, uh, sure, okay, because I had not experienced it. Now that I've experienced that intensity, we share that on a whole different level, so it's, it's a lot different. It's brought us a lot closer. <laughs> well, well, we we we're gonna we're gonna go into something in a little bit that Ricky he he and, and I'm gonna ask this and Ricky he told me he said you got to ask her about this. He's gave me all kinds of ammo to fire at you too. So oh, by I the way, <laughs> and for anybody that doesn't know, Ricky is probably the the calmest person I've heard on a show. He was on ours. He was very calm, laid back, and. But when he he gets passionate talking about something, he is so driven and and so into it. And after talking to him over the last week and getting ready for this show, he was telling me all sorts of little ideas and stuff. <laughs> hey, you should talk about this. Hey, you should talk about that. But the one thing that kept coming up was he told me to ask you what kind of trail cameras you guys used, and I wasn't oh. sure what it what it was. I mean, he said y'all had the best in the business. They just they took the most amazing pictures, so we wanted to share with everyone what kind you guys used. Oh, I guess I have to go on and tell you the story then get the, get it off the. Uh, well, well, let's hear it uh, from your. Well, let's hear it from your perspective, cause uh, we've heard it from his. He, I will say this before you tell the story. He did give us a login to his trail camera, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Thank God we're not on a Zoom call then because my face is blustering. <laughs> oh, well, uh, so Erica, tell everybody right. what you learned about trail cameras. Well, I learned a whole lot about trail cameras. Mainly, I'm staying way away from them for now. <laughs> oh, for So, we, uh, this was back in deer season. It was cold outside 30 degrees or so i had multiple layers of clothes on long johns my regular camo i put on one of ricky's like extra large jumpsuits boots i was carrying a heater i had my book sack of snacks and coffee and just all this stuff so i'm going down our down the lane i go kind of in the sand and i hear my phone you know buzzing or whatever and ricky sends me this text that says something to the effect of like I, I look like an ogre walking through the woods and all that and I was like oh, all right whatever so because he saw you because he saw it. you on his trail camera right he's yeah because I passed the trail camera coming in and he, so he sends me this picture of myself and I'm like oh I do look a little ridiculous but whatever so I, I passed the trail camera I didn't see it initially walking in so I get in the sand and I you know do the hunt I didn't get anything and I'm walking out and I spotted the trail camera the five point <laughs> camera uh coming up on my right and I said I'm about to get him I'm gonna teach him a little something about looking like an ogre I'm gonna show him what an ogre looks like so I put all my stuff down took off all my clothes and flashed the five point camera <laughs> I thought it was gonna be this joke it was great I'm like, I was all into it. It was a good time. Put my clothes back on. Here he comes walking up the trail. And I'm like, what are you doing? He said, it took you so long. I was coming to check on you. I thought you might have fell or something. Well, I'm giggling a little bit. And he said, what are you laughing for? I said, oh, I just did a little photo shoot. You'll see in a few minutes. Just oh, wait for your Lord. phone to ding. <laughs> so his phone starts going off and it's the pictures of me, you know, and my birthday suit pretty much in front of Five Point camera. And he's like, uh, you know, these pictures don't just go to my phone. I was like, <laughs> oh, my <"What?"> goodness. <laughs> yes. So he told me that those pictures not only go to him, but they go to my father-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I ain't heard mind. that yet. <laughs> not only that, he made me call him and tell him what I did so that he wouldn't look at the pictures. <sighs> Oh my goodness, that is so, great. So you learned was, a very valuable lesson when it comes yes, to trail cameras. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you yeah. know, when, when Enrique told us about that um, here a while back, he said, well, boys, y'all ain't going to believe what happened. 
And I said, what, what's going on? He said, Erica found my trail camera. I was like, okay. He said, she flashed the trail camera. I was like, oh, uh, she did? Yep, and the pictures go to all my buddies, too. And I was like, oh, wow, that's going to be bad. But he didn't say it was your father-in-law, so that's great. And, you know, yeah. it, that's that just goes to show the relationship that you're embracing in the outdoors and having so much fun with it. And the, the fun of it all, and, and one thing that I very much enjoyed seeing you guys in the outdoors is the opportunity to spend time together because y'all spend so much time in the taxidermy shop together. And it's a question that's kind of, you know, spun up in my mind. Do you, do you think that being in the outdoors now after working in the taxidermy shop, you can kind of understand why people are so more passionate about the mounts and stuff they bring in? Oh, absolutely, because the experience you go through just to kill one turkey is just like, you know, it's mind-blowing. So I can't understand now, you know, why people are so passionate about it, for sure. Now, are you mounting? Well, I don't want to go too far ahead yet, because I want you to tell us the story. You were actually in Mississippi, I believe, when you took your first turkey? Yeah, I was. That's where they live, though, right? Y'all live in Mississippi. No, we live in Louisiana. Oh, I thought they lived in Mississippi the whole time. They might as well, the much they're over hunting. <laughs> but y'all live right on the state line, right? Well, uh, maybe about an hour. Not quite an hour. I could have swore the whole time they lived in Mississippi. These were south. I, I, well, I know LA. I know Dustin Dustin is, but I thought I don't know. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us the story and who was a part of that story because it's some former guests of ours that was actually on that hunt right. with you. Yeah, so um, R.P. Scritchfield, is, he was with us. He drove in. He had just finished hunting in uh, Florida, I believe, doing some crazy stuff down there, which I'm sure he'll tell you all about that. But um, Ricky and me and R.P. loaded up early, early that morning and headed to Mississippi. And um, R.P. was a big part of this story. He Actually, RP in general has been a great friend to us and just another person that's in my inner circle that constantly encourages me to be outdoors. And, you know, he's really great. So for him to be a part of my first turkey kill meant a lot to me. But um, we loaded up that morning and we went to Mississippi. We, let's see, we set up on a, a logging road where we had kind of figured that there was a turkey. We had found some tracks and whatnot. Um. And it was a very short hunt. I think it lasted maybe 30 minutes. To me, it felt like it lasted two hours just because I was so worked up and it was so intense. But um, RP called the turkey in. Ricky, he videoed most of the hunt, I think. But RP called the turkey in, called two turkeys in, actually. They came in. They were double gobbling in my face, and my heart was beating so fast. I was so nervous to shoot. And, you know, the whole time the boys are behind me, you know, do you want me to stand them up? Do you want me to stand them up? you ready to shoot? you ready to shoot? And I'm thinking to myself, oh, there's all this stuff in my way. I can't shoot and I'm nervous. So finally, RP yells at me and says, shoot the bird. So <laughs> he stands the turkey up and he said, you can see red and white, shoot the bird, shoot the bird. So I shot and um, I got him that time. But I was, you know, I'd missed a turkey in Missouri the year before, which was heartbreaking. So, I, you know, that was on my mind. I just didn't want to miss again. So he called that turkey in and I got it in a matter of 30 minutes that morning. So it was a quick hunt, but oh, it was intense. Now, you didn't use that flintlock, did you? you use <laughs> <the> shotgun? <laughs> no, I ain't that good. No, no. That was I got a, um, I shoot a 20 gauge Bronchi. Are you going to uh, are you going to get you a knife made over there, Scritchfield knives? You know, I am eventually, but these two birds that I have, we're probably gonna we're gonna mount them both. So okay. I need to keep the legs on these two. But originally, that was my plan. I really did want to um, one of those legendary Scritchfield knives, and I'll get one eventually. But I'm, these two birds we're gonna mount. So you took the first bird in Mississippi, and then you uh-huh. got to go home and go on a hunt. So take us through yeah. that. So that, um, that was a little bit more of an emotional roller coaster for me that we went out open in morning in Louisiana. We had my son, Tucker, he's 16. It was his first turkey hunt. I wanted him to come along. 
again, we kind of had figured out maybe where the, we had heard the birds before their scouting and tracks and all that kind of stuff. So we go down the logging road and I'm thinking, you know, we're going to set up in this certain area. This is in my mind where I wanted to be. Well, Ricky takes me on down the hill a little bit and I was thinking to myself, I don't know why we've come way over here, but all right. So anyway, he gets us all set up. This, he caught, Ricky calls the turkey in. It's drumming. It's, you know, strutting and all this kind of stuff. And he gets 10 yards to my left and I can't swing my gun around. I can't, you know, Tucker's sitting to my left. I, I just can't get the shot. And then he just turns and like, he gets out of there. I, I don't know if you saw our decoy that we had out or whatever. So that bird leaves. We don't hear nothing for hours and hours. So I was fired up. I was a little hot under the collar. I was doing a little fussing at Ricky, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking that bird was right here. It was 10 yards for me. You know, why'd you bring me all the way down here? I wanted to set up in a different spot, but anyway, so. Yeah. He told me you like to tell him where he needs to set up. He did. He did make sure to tell me that. (laughs) I heard, listen, I apologize. I did. I, you know, I was a little upset, you know, I wanted to get the bird so bad, but anyway, so we, um, we ended up leaving there, going to a different area, and we called a few few times, few different areas, and we finally got on one, went and sat up, and that was another it, matter of 10 minutes after we heard the turkey gobbling, he came to us like on a string, so that one was a quick hunt. I took that one probably about 15 or 20 yards and laid him down, and I was super stoked to have a Louisiana bird. I was really excited about that. What type of mount? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say, and that hunt was just me and Ricky. So, you know, it was special because it was just he and I. We could relish in the moment together. What type of mounts are you going to get with those two birds? Uh, I think I'm going to do a flying mount with a second bird, the Louisiana bird I have, because the wings on the Louisiana bird are so much lighter than most normal birds. They're like more of a blonde color. So I wanted the wings to be spread out so that you could see it. The other mount, I think I really want a full strut just because he was that bird that we took with RP was in full strut for half the time he was out in front of us. Did you pull a tape on those uh, um, beards and spurs on those two birds? Yeah, the first turkey that I got, the beard was right at nine inches, and I'd be lying if I told you about the spurs. They weren't they weren't quite an inch long. It was about a two year old bird. The second bird I got, the beard was a little over nine inches, and the spurs were like an inch and a quarter. Okay. So, yeah. So you the second ha- bird was a little better. You haven't really been turkey hunting that long, but what is the what is the activity like in Louisiana, Mississippi right now? Because we've heard it's kind of down. But obviously, it's not been down around you. (laughs) (laughs) It's been going off around me. There hadn't been a time that I've been in the woods where I hadn't heard multiple turkeys gobble. And I'm thankful for that because I know that I have, you know, Ricky's brother lives in Mississippi and northern Mississippi, and he's having trouble hearing a bird up there. But they're real active around us right now. Okay. Ricky ain't got one yet, has he? Later in the season, the more the pressure is, they'll be real tight-lipped. And no, Ricky hadn't got one yet. He's he hadn't got one. I've, I've been staying at home so he could go. <laughs> you guys get two birds in Louisiana? No, I got one in Mississippi and one in Louisiana. No, I'm sorry, I meant for the state. How many? How many can you kill in the state of Louisiana? Oh, As two, a, two, two. Yeah. Okay, so you got one more at least. Yeah, one more. Yeah. Do you, do you think, Erica, that now that you're out in the woods? with Ricky that he's developed a different passion for it, that it's kind of changing the way that he hunts? Um, I think it has to, because now he has to share his birds with me. So he's got to be, <laughs> he's got to be on his A game all the time. He might put you out there scouting for him. Well, it sounds that may be the key thing. <laughs> Look, ultimately that's my goal. And that's, what I want to do is to be able to go out there and nobody hold my hand and me call my own bird in and find my own birds. I eventually want to, you know, be that hunter where I can be completely independent of him. But I'm still leaning on a pretty good bit right now. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that being able to get out in the woods now 
has changed your overall mindset on a day-to-day basis in your personal life, not just in the outdoors? Is it, is it made a big impact on you? For sure. I mean, just being outside and away from all the chatter of the world in general and just being in a quiet where you're alone with your own thoughts and can think about things is just, that does so much good for me mentally and personally, you know. Well, with and that, then, well, the reason I asked that question is there's probably a lot of hunters out there that their wives will never get to experience what we as outdoorsmen get to in the outdoors. Do, do you, were you kind of like that before? Like, why does he go hunting so much? Why does he spend so much time in the woods? I didn't, I didn't quite understand it because being on the outside looking in, I'm looking at all the time it takes away from everything, the kids and me and the money it takes and you know, I didn't understand the passion and the drive behind it, for sure. But now I have a whole nother level of understanding with that. And the reason I ask that, of course, is we've got female listeners. We've got, you know, male listeners, kids, and everyone else. And we always try to paint a picture for what's the driving factor behind our passion for the outdoors. And for someone to come in at, you know, your juncture and be able to grasp just what it means to us all, the camaraderie, mm-hmm. and do you, do you see that out of the group of guys that he hunts with and everything, that camaraderie? I'm sure you saw it at home, but now that you're in part of that circle, it's, it's got to be, you know, very uh, uh, driving to you and very exciting. Oh, yeah, it is. It's, it's great to feel like you're a part of that now. You know, before I was I'm the one that's home cooking them breakfast when they get out the woods. Now I'm in the woods and we're all going to go eat breakfast somewhere. So it's, it's great to feel like you're a part of the camaraderie. Like you said, are you, are you a deer hunter at heart first or turkey hunter? Oh no, I'm turkey hunter. 100%. There you go. Deer hunting. (laughs) I like it, but it's very, I've had a very difficult time seeing deer in the woods. You know, I've had to be really, really, persistent in going deer hunting to even see a deer and the first two deer that I shot at I missed I I really wanted to just like hang it up but I pushed on and I finally got one but it's not the intensity for deer hunting is not there like it is for turkey hunting for me yeah so when you went to Nashville this year and we got we ran into you guys up there and you guys come hung out at the booth with us what was your what was your impression and thoughts going around, just walking around NWTF with all the calling and stuff going on? Did you really enjoy that now that you're in the outdoors? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was overwhelmed at, you know, all the things, all the calls and all the people. And, you know, it was a great experience to go there and see that. And, you know, yeah, I'm very excited to be a part of all that now. It's a lot cold and, like, that be part of my passion for life. That's awesome. Because there's a lot of – there's a lot of – uh there's a lot of women in the outdoors now, and they had several booths yeah. up at the front. I don't remember, like, She Outdoors was up there, and I think there was yeah. a couple other ones. But, yeah, it's, it's it's starting to be a lot more popular than it used to be. Yeah. Do you think – I'm excited about that. Do you think the perception of women in the outdoors, Erica, is shaded by the fact that people think they're just out there being given everything? That the women are being given everything? Yeah, like they're just being put on a bird or they're being taken to the best duck hunting spot or they're being put on the biggest deer. Do you think that's that's the common theme? And is what you're trying to do changing that perception? Yeah, I do feel like that can definitely be the perception. Looking in, if you look at Instagram and Facebook for sure, you know, you, you do feel like that. But I that all that's okay but for me personally i want to be able to have substance behind me i want to stand on my own two feet and not have somebody put me on a bird you know and me go out there and do it my own self and you know not have to have a paid hunt just to kill a turkey or a deer or whatever and i think there's you know other girls out there that i've started to kind of talk to recently just from you know getting in the outdoors a little bit more and they're out there for sure do you think that you will be able to expand the vision to other women? And is that your ultimate goal? I mean, I hope so. It's 
the world makes it so easy for women to lay our life down daily for our family, you know, for our kids. We work, we clean, we cook, we pick up, we drop off. It's very hard for us sometimes to take a step back and do something that we're really passionate about. And I hope that some part of my story will inspire somebody else to get out there, take their self out of their safe bubble and get out there and live with a wild heart and be free and have legendary memories that they can tell their kids and their grandkids about their adventures through their life. I love it. I love it. Well, that brings us up to our shooting you straight segment. And so while you're on with us, Erica, you're going to get to participate in this. So just give us just a second. You'll hear some music playing and we'll go right into it. Okay. This week's Shooting You Straight brought to you by land specialist Cal Hardy with Whitetail Properties. If you're looking to buy or sell land in the northwest Georgia area, give our boy Cal a call. 770-296-2163. Day or night. <laughs> oh, this, this question was actually sent in from Angie Brunson. The Brunsons, you know, Alex's, you know, become very Brunson close. The, the old Brunsons. Um <laughs> The question is, how important do you think it is to get the younger generation involved in hunting and fishing? And I think, oh, you go ahead and answer first. Um, I think the the youth are the future of the world. You know, we have to include them in on all, you know, the conservation efforts and getting them outdoors. I think they're a huge part of that. And it's very important to have them involved. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think, um, you know, it, it brings me more joy nowadays to, to get my kids involved and see them be successful and and mm-hmm. to really and not even be successful. It's more really see them attached to the passion and, and want to go and, and want to learn and, and, and be a part of the outdoors. That's what, you know, really excites me. So, um, and I know the, the other guys, you know, feel the same way. It's just... Um, because if we don't, I mean, kids, there's so much that's grabbing kids' attention nowadays that the future of the outdoors is going to be dwindling very fast if we don't continue right. to educate these children. I, I don't yeah. have I don't have kids, so I think it's very hard for me to speak on. But what I do see is I think it gets kids in the outdoors and away from their phones, and I think that's very critical. And And I think them going to be around and seeing men develop or women develop in the outdoors – to see how they live, I think that's very critical for them. I think that's good for all of them all the way around. Give yourself credit, though, Nick, because I honestly believe you founded a, a guy that we're watching grow into probably a very, very passionate hunter as he goes in Hunter Young and what you did for him when he was little. Not to take anything away from Craig because he was already getting him into it, but you expanded his knowledge basis on that. and. You you toted that boy around for years. I mean, I'd be like, dang, I ain't getting to go hunt with Nick. He's dragging Hunter around with him. But you know, it was it, that has always been something I've watched you do for a long time, and doing it with Clayton as well, your nephew. I mean, that's you, you still ain't got him on a bird yet, but it's happening this year. I it's got happening. a good feeling about it. So happening. you've you've always been passionate and driven to do that. You know, it, whether it was your kid or not, it was it was somebody you were involved with and in getting the youth in. And and you're right. I mean just like you and Cody both said, the future relies on our kids. And I, I don't want to push it on mine. If they want to do it, great. If they don't, fine. That's that's mm-hmm. you, you don't have to be a hunter to get into the outdoors. You can go and pick up rocks in the creek or you can go and, you know, fishing or whatever it may be. I mean, there's so many different things you can spin on it. So in, in some way, though, we're all still kids at heart. I mean, I am. I guarantee know, we, you. We, we get giddy about getting ready for hunting season or getting ready to do this. Or we got a trip planned in two weeks. We get all giddy about it. We're still a kid down inside and we're, hey, we're always learning. That's right. Or eight months down the road, you're already playing for it like me and Cody's doing right now. So, I don't um, – yeah, we're, we're never – we're always learning every day. So, we're all kids, really. Well, Angela sent that question in with the, the thought process, and I know what it was. She has grandchildren and, and nieces and nephews that are – that family is one of the most passionate outdoor families you'll ever meet, all of them. Um, you know, Stoney, Billy, Rusty, they're all three driven in the outdoors. Their children are driven in the outdoors, and they run dogs down in, in South Georgia, and they, they do it in Florida, and they gator hunt, and they fish, and 
their kids are always involved in all that stuff. So it's it's a great thing to see. So love you, Angie. Thanks for sending that question in. Slap Stony for me when you see him. So uh, thanks again to Cal Hardy for that and the shooting straight segment for this week's episode. So spinning right out of that, Erica, and, and kind of staying on that theory, uh, you, are you able to to get out and and take your children now, or is Ricky pretty much taking that by the reins? No, I um. This past weekend, me and Tucker went out just us two. You know, this this past weekend was his very first time to go turkey hunting, and I'm very new at turkey hunting. So we just got out there, and we tried to figure it out, you know, on our own. So we have too many kids for Ricky to be taking them all by the hand. So I've been helping them, and Lincoln and I go deer hunting together, and I take Judah and Anna deer hunting sometimes. So, no, I definitely get out and go with them. And not just deer hunting and turkey hunting. You know, we like to fish and all kind of other stuff. I think it's it's something that Caleb that's here with us tonight can attest to because his mother is a driven hunter. She's a hammer on deer, hogs, mm-hmm. whatever moves, she'll hammer on them. Yeah. It's probably a little bit different perspective from a mother's viewpoint in teaching a kid because I know for me and my dad, it, it was don't step on that stick, you know, <laughs> dude, don't watch where you walk in, dummy, or, you know, whatever it was. That's just yeah. the way we grew up. But with a mother, y'all probably take more time to explain things and those little <laughs> things that would be. I saw a thing today, and I got to say this because it's a great episode for. It said um, it was a mother talking, and she said, we can get onto our kids all we want and not feel bad about it. But the moment that daddy raises his voice and gets onto those kids, we go on the defensive. It's like, hey, man, don't talk to my kids like that. <laughs> because <laughs> and that's the key thing a mother's always going to have that protective you know spirit about them and it, it's just very neat to see i think that's something that they'll yeah. take with them the, the rest of their life for sure being able to hunt with you yeah i hope so i hope so that's it's important to me for them to have those memories of us together like that love it love it erica do you guys get you guys still get out and coon hunt some yeah, we do. Actually, Ricky is going to go to Mississippi um, the end of this week to pick up a coon dog. So that's that'll be fun. Still chasing them down there in the swamps of Louisiana. I ain't going down there walking around in the dark. Do you like, rat cheese leg <laughs> off down there? Do you like coon hunting, or do you just kind of go because the kids like doing it? Well, I'm I'm gonna go another time or two to figure it out. The first time I went, we were trudging through mud almost up to my waist, and I was just, Ooh. you know. Nope. I wasn't super excited. I fell over in the mud and all that. <laughs> so we'll just, I'm going to give it a couple more times before I really make up my mind whether that's something I'm going to continue to join them with. Do you do you get to help Ricky much with the uh, taxidermist shop on the turkey side of it? Because I know them turkeys got to be a pain to do. I do. That's one of the things that I help him out a lot with, that and the fish. The, the turkeys, the printing of the turkeys and putting the feathers in the correct spot is so time-consuming. And it's so detailed oriented that it, he lacks the patience to do that sometimes. And I can sit there and, you know, do that and the fish painting and scale tipping the, the fish and stuff like that. It's very time consuming, tedious, tedious work. But I help him do that kind of stuff. I don't think I asked Ricky last time. How many people work in the shop with you guys? Oh, just he and I. And we'll occasionally get the kids out there to help us pick up or take a deer in or give a deer out or something but it's just he and i wow you gotta stay pretty busy it's a lot of work for sure yeah he's got a lot of work he's backed up pretty pretty good right now <laughs> i would be too if i was turkey hunting <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. boys y'all gonna have to put him on hold <laughs> what what um has there ever been a piece of advice that somebody's given you erica that you relate to um I really relate to the to the thought process of just get out there and go do it. Stop thinking about it and just go do it. You know, I have a hard time sometimes overthinking things and letting myself like enjoy things because of the restrictions that I try to put on myself. But to just get out there and go do it and figure it out. You like it, you like it, you don't, you don't, which is what I've been doing with hunting recently. Mm-hmm. So just embracing that. Other than Ricky, what else are you most thankful for? Oh, I have my kids, for yeah. sure. 
and our relationships that we've built in the last couple of years, you know, through the podcast and, you know, going to all these different things like the NWTA convention and building our circle of friends, RP and Nancy Scripsville, golly, I'm so thankful for them and their constant encouragement and their influence and them pouring into me. I really, I really love them. Yeah. RP, you know, he gets a, he gets a plug in there every time and he's a, He's a fantastic guy, and so is Nancy. So, shout out to them yeah, again. And Erica, you know, I hope your season continues to keep going well. Uh, and um, I know you have something kind of going on. You kind of mentioned earlier, and I hope it works out for you guys. And looking forward to seeing what's happening over there between yeah, the times. Yeah, I'm excited. Do you and spinning off of that, the piece of advice. What piece of advice would you give a mother that wants to get into the outdoors and is afraid to approach that conversation? Um, all I can say is just go do it, especially with turkey hunting. I can tell you the intensity with turkey hunting is just unbelievable. It is the next best thing to sex that I've ever experienced. So just go do it. Well, there you go, God, Ricky. Hey, uh, let me mic drop the mic. Drop, <laughs> mic drop. Wow, there we go. Woo. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Erica Bayhead. Yeah. The, the queen of spring. The queen of spring. That is, that is all right. <laughs> Talk about I mean, that, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. related to. <laughs> Who, whose face is red now <laughs> oh man uh, oh i love it i love um, it well and, and you know the fun in all of it is we have been fortunate enough to meet you guys and and develop a relationship that will be long-standing for a, for a, an extended period of time and the the idea behind you as a mother wanting to get into the outdoors correlates so well with the idea of passioning in the outdoors because the love we have of the outdoors is just like the love of a mother and what she has for, for her life and the passion she put into it. So that's that's a great process to run through, and I think there will be a lot of people that respond very well to that and the story that you tell. And you guys are, are passionate about what you do on the taxidermy side. You're passionate about what you do with your family, and you're passionate what you do with the outdoors. And that's something we need to see more of in the world is, is that family ties and how close it puts together. So I love it. Yeah. I, I can't wait to watch it grow uh, into, into whatever you guys dream it up to be, whether it goes beyond what it is now or stays exactly what you're doing currently. It will be something very fun to watch, and, and we can't wait to support you, you guys in any way that we can. Yeah, thank you. appreciate that. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, look forward to seeing y'all again. It may, it may not be till NWTF, but I hope we can round up and get together before then and uh, meet up. And y'all gonna have to come down for a crawfish bowl before then. Yeah, that's well, what I want to come down there blue crabbing. I want to come down there and catch oh, some crabs. Yeah. That's one thing. That's a good time. <laughs> I, everybody talks yep. about how fun it is, and I've I've been watching videos, them walking by and scooping them or driving by and scooping them things, and I'm like, I want to do that. I think that'd be fun. I'm down for that. Nicholas, yeah. what you got? Nothing. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks to Ricky and Dustin and RP, Nancy, all you guys down there. And I can't remember uh, Dustin's wife's name. Jolene. Jolene. Um, yeah. yeah, shout out to all y'all down there at Between the Tines. And um, look forward to uh, continuing to work with you guys. Yeah, thank you. Cody? I'm good. Erica, like we said, we appreciate you coming on. We appreciate you taking the time to, to do this with us. And it's uh it's it's kind of ironic that Ricky had called cuz I'd watched your your picture posts on on Instagram and seeing what you guys were doing we've been having a lot of talks Ricky and I have at, at night about what the the future holds for for us and you guys and what's going on and I, it's just an exciting time for us all and the the good thing about it is is you guys have become like family to us and it's it's very very neat to see that a couple of podcasts can put that together and people may not understand it the way that we do, but I'm sure glad that we got it. Yeah, I agree. We've uh, developed lifelong friendships through all this and I appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk with you guys about it. 
Well, hey, Erica Bayhan, the queen of spring, she's she's doing it the right way down in Louisiana. She's gave y'all all the information you could possibly ask for. And if you want to see more of what they're doing, make sure you go over to Instagram. Check out the Queen of Spring. You can also listen to the Between the Times podcast on all podcast platforms. You'll see them on our Instagram page a lot. Always tagging back and forth on stuff, and uh, they're they're a great group of people. And we hope that they'll uh, continue to to do everything that they can do in the outdoors because it's a good thing to see. So for everyone here at Talk About It Outdoors, we want to remind you to come back next week and be with us when you can. And if you got a uh, a question you'd like to hear on a future episode, make sure you hit up Cody or uh, send it over on any of the uh, social media platforms. We'll be glad to ask it for you on our Shooting You Straight segment. So for everyone here at Talk About It Outdoors, we want to remind you to smile as you go. And don't forget, mount the members. Building the foundation of your life starts at the base, and the stronger it is, the better. Talk About It Outdoors is proud of our strong partnership with United Concrete and Paving and the foundation of support they provide. Whether your new home being built needs concrete work or that driveway you're tired of beating all the bearings from your pickup needs a paving, Michael and his team can provide any residential or commercial project support you might need from the ground up. If you're tired of tripping over that unsettled patio slab or a future shop build needs a smooth start, United Concrete and Paving can get you going when you need it most. Give them a call at 404-831-3036 and make sure you tell them them TAI boys are where you heard it first. A few years back, When an overbearing and overgrown backyard became an eyesore, I looked for a solution to resolve. LRS Land Services created a stunning and complete transformation turnkey at an affordable price with their mulching services. Not limited to mulching, LRS can provide turnkey grading and clearing, maintenance, right-of-way clearing, and even development for any and all forestry needs. With an innovative outlook on what is best for your land and a completely different approach than others, LRS can transform your overgrown eyesore into a beautiful landscape of your dreams. Give them a call at 404-889-1105 or check their work out on Facebook at LRS Land Services. Logan and his team are ready to make your land brand new again. Are you in need of a decluttering? barn or garage slap full of stuff you just don't need or is your construction site needing a dumpster give our buddy tony at georgia junk and dumpster rental a call with services ranging from junk removal to roll-offs georgia junk is here to help with any and all removal needs if it's time to get that parking spot back or the boat needs a place inside tony and his team can surely assist Servicing Cherokee, Cobb, Bartow, and surrounding counties, give them a call at 404-406-3501 or check them out on Facebook at Georgia Junk. Clean up the yard in short order with Georgia Junk.